Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network, now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, The AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com. And streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's American Horror Story After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. 1729. And now, another post game wrap up show for your favorite TV show. It's After Buzz TV's American Horror Story After Show. All right, all right. Welcome to another American Horror Story After Buzz After Show. Uh, tonight, we're going to be doing things a little bit differently here with. Uh, because of our Thanksgiving break, we couldn't make it to the studio, but we are going to be covering both episodes tonight. I'm going to take care of episode six, and then we're going to have our good pal JC Rubio here. Hey, hello, everybody. How's it going? He's going to be main taking it off the wheels from me for episode two, and we're all going to go through a lot of stuff that happened because we're going to be packing this in today. What's going on, man? How's your holiday? How was your turkey day? Oh, turkey day was pretty exciting. Yeah? I got to spend it with good friends, have some good food, and totally enjoyed it. I thought, I thought I turned my phone off. I've got this chipmunk ringer on. Yeah, you do. You, we've been singing. All you want for Christmas is my, and it, it's at least after Thanksgiving, so you can have Christmas music on your phone. Jesse. Absolutely. I thought it was a little early since we're still in November technically, but I, I get in the spirit a little too early. Kind of like Ian McShane, like he will next week for uh, American Horror Story, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But hey, guys, it's JC. What's going on? Hope you all had a good week. You got fat, dumb, and happy, and we're gonna break it down. Definitely, a lot of stuff went on. Literally, to keep up with both episodes, I've, I've seriously got about 20 pages of notes, and I'm going to try to condense it into one. Yeah, so we had a few, <laughs> we had a few YouTube comments talking about, like, where is episode six, where is episode six. We're sorry, guys. It just, with our schedule, it didn't really work out to come in, but today we're going to give it to you hardcore, and let's go ahead and start. Uh, episode six, kind of, we're going to recap this pretty quickly. It opens up with Bloody Face calling the police, and mm-hmm. you only hear it as Zachary Quinto's voice. Uh, I'm going to correct you right there. That's not his. That's not Zachary Quinto's voice. What? That's not his voice. Really? You're gonna have to re- replay it and see if the fans disagree or agree with me. That's not his voice. See, it sounded like I replayed that many times. But you, I wish I wish we could even pick up the uh, pull up the video for it. But due to time, we probably can't. It's Dylan McDermott. Blue no, your mind. it's not. It's Dylan McDermott. It can't be. Are Ab- you serious? Absolutely, absolutely. Go back. Go home. When you watch it, you'll listen. And it's it's the same same intonation. Yes. It sounds exactly even at the even at the end when it, especially at the end you pick up it's Dylan's tone. Oh. Ah, yeah, yeah. See, so now this changes the whole script for this. <laughs> for our episode. Yeah, that just. I mean, that oh, just. Snap. Yeah, that's 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 big. I I didn't pick up on it. I was just like I was so attuned to it being. Oh, it's Zachary Kinto. Okay, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was trying to sound like him, which could also lead me to believe that maybe if if I'm right, remember this this hasn't been proven. We don't know yet. That Dylan McDermott is the future bloody face. He's the son of Zachary Quinto's character and throwing it out there, Lana. Yeah, I was thinking that as well, especially with what we kind of get into. Yeah. But so it opens with McDermott on the phone. Well, you say Quinto, you say Quinto, I say McDermott. We'll see. Saying, uh, calling the police, saying, hey, can you send some squad cars to Briarcliff because there are. People, I mean, basically send some squad cars because I took care of the imposters. Right. And the way he said it, I mean, of course, with with Zachary's intonation, 
It's always so menacing. Mm-hmm. And the cops show up, of course, and they walk in. They're looking around like, oh, what are we looking for? Blah, 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 blah. And then you hear, like, to see the drip on the forehead. And he looks up. Oh, my God. <laughs> you see, like, f- three bodies of all in bloody face masks of the guys who... It was the three imposters, right? Because there was a tandem of two. Mm-hmm. And then there was another guy, right? That was another imposter, right? There was... Well, no, there was the... Uh, there were three guys. There were three guys that broke into Briarcliff. I maybe trying to hide out there, maybe trying to steal something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them was the one that Adam Levine kills. Okay. And then the other one shoots the other one, and then Bloody Face kills the third one. So there were three three robber imposter guys wearing fake Bloody Face masks who are hanging by chains in the nice foyer of Briarcliff. And I do I I really enjoy seeing like the future and past tense of Briarcliff because they. It's it's the same location where they film, mm-hmm. so I'm wondering: did they film all the shots in the present first, and then film all, or did they shoot all the shots in the past first, and then they added the present later? Yeah, that I didn't even think of that because so. they have to add so much. I can't imagine yeah. them taking that set apart, adding the stuff back, and then shooting past and present different days. So I don't know. It's kind of a kind of a weird thing. So I'm wondering. I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna research that actually. Yeah, because I'm wondering if if the present was written in after the whole story for the past was thought of. Or if, if they have two different sets or if they just, like you said, they just shot one, one part of, this, of the series one way and then they, they brought in the future. Like, I mean, the present day yeah. set. When did they? Yeah, because there's tons of stuff. If you really just search the net, there's tons of these like little tumblers and whatnot that give you these little clues. And I've got some. Marissa, did you happen to get the, the pics I sent you yet? I will look for them. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we'll come back on those later. But um, yeah, because... Well, I guess there should be a lot of stuff floating around because for a production like this, you need mm-hmm. it takes a village, so it's like you got to have a lot of people in on it, and some people take little phone pictures and they spread across the web like wildfire. You know how every episode has a tone of an homage to old horror classics. Mm-hmm. What was the you know what was episode six? I, I I didn't pick it up. I could not pick it up. I I thought about the little girl who I'm, her name is, escapes me. It was. I mean, totally had an homage to Adam's family. Really? Like, that okay. little girl was straight out of Adam's family. If anyone didn't see that, like, come on. Like, I literally see that girl and I'm like, oh, my God, it's the daughter from Adam's family. Okay. The pigtails, the face. She looks exactly like her. She looks talks like Wednesday? Exact- Wednesday? Yeah, she looks exactly like Wednesday. Like, look at the f- film of the Adam's family. It's like the same girl, basically, okay. except, you know, 10 years later. But... I mean, but yeah, so it starts, it introduces that story arc with Jenny Reynolds, who, uh, she's a, she's an actress named Nikki Hahn who plays this character, mm-hmm. and it's the first time we see her, I don't know if we'll see her again, okay. because we did have Sister Jude talk about how she did want to open up a child's ward sometimes, and this kind of does lead into a little bit later when we find out about Sister Jude, how she really wanted kids, and she wanted things like that, she wanted a family life, mm-hmm. but this girl, we'll, we'll go through it really quickly, um, she shows up at the place because her mother brings her over, and um, her mom sells Sister Jude that a while back she took a friend in the woods. Her friend, she asked her friend's mom to play with her, and she comes back, and the other girl's not there. Where is she? Oh, a tall, bearded man with sunglasses killed her. Okay, I have something on this. I couldn't find an uh, like an homage to what film. I read on some of the boards that it was possibly. I didn't pick up the Adams family, so that's a good. That's a good. You know, good observation. Someone said a movie called The Bad Seed, and. I've seen part of it. I don't remember it okay. too well. But what I can do tell you is how they mo- who they modeled the character after. Uh-huh. And it was actually a, a, a girl by the name of Mary Bell. And she was known as the Tyneside Strangler. She was this little, like, 11-year-old girl that killed, killed two people. Well, actually, yeah, that's for later in the show, Marissa. So, but, but we can keep, well, we can pull it up now. Actually, we're going to, well, it's gone again. We'll bring it back a little bit later. No, but um, Mary Bell was this l- little girl that would actually... Um, I guess she she killed two boys r- roughly her age, and she kept their one of the guys ha- his uh, locket of his hair. Okay, so, so that's where that little yeah. tidbit comes from. So you, and, you know, and she was convicted of the crimes and whatnot. She's alive to this day. She's fifty five years old, and she's out of the UK. So that's all I really picked up. So if you guys at home, chat roll or iTunes, and of course, if you guys are watching, if you're not watching us live. Make sure to check us out on iTunes, subscribe, comment, let us know what you think. We do answer your questions. We're super interactive. And as we all know, it keeps the lights on. So we really appreciate that, guys. Chat roll, watch Shower Base. You guys are watching at home. Hello. All right. So <laughs> with that said, um, yeah, that's all I picked up with Mary, you know, with the little girl's character. Now, will she come back? Possibly. 
I well, know, it seems like a one shot, but think about this. Like I know we're we're, we're going to get into episode seven a little bit later, but someone came back on that episode. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So I don't think we've heard the last of this girl. Yeah, I don't think we. I don't think we have either, just because the way she took to Miss Miss Eunice, Mary Eunice. Yeah. Like, uh, so her mom leaves her there, kind of ditches her there because. Sister Jude just says, all you can do is pray for her. You need to pray for her. Right. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, yeah, kicking her out. And then she leaves her daughter there and it has a nice scene of Sister Eunice just chopping stuff. Can I use that? You're too young to use a knife. And I was just like, uh, that's, some, <laughs> that's a little foreshadowing right there. And um, she talks to uh, – she has a nice little conversation with Mary Eunice about how Eunice is basically like, Oh, I know who you did. I know you killed her. And it's like, it's like, what? And it's like, I have a secret. I'm the devil. And it's like, oh, yeah, you're straight up telling her who you are and telling her that she has the gift of pure impulse. Right. And the gift to just do whatever you want to do. And she tells her, you got to just do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. And then her mom picks her up. And then later in the episode, the next time we see her, she's in the same spot where the other girl was killed. It looked like the same spot anyway. Mm-hmm. It's under this bridge. There's water around. And she's talking to the same police officer it looked like, too. It's like, there was a man. He was tall. He, was, he had a beard. Mm-hmm. He had some, she has a so monotone voice. He killed my sister and brother and then killed my mother and told me to stand here. And if I moved, he'd kill me, too. Basically a sociopath. Yeah, you completely. Know, yeah, because remember her, her mo- mother also said that she never, she never cried, not even when she was a baby. Yeah. But now it's funny, you, you know, you brought up about Mary Eunice when she t- spoke to the little girl. She told her I was the devil. But then she also said there is no God. So doesn't that yeah. just nullify who she is? Because you have to have God if you have the devil and vice versa. I think, I think it was more of she, after she told her there is no God, she mm-hmm. told her there's all these stories there's nothing to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. To a way. So I think it was more... I don't think she's the fact that we see the angel of death in the next episode. Uh, it kind of confirms the fact that there is supposed to supposedly a god in this in this universe of this show. Mm-hmm. And Eunice is basically just telling her there is no god. You have nothing to worry about. Go ahead and do your impulses. Do whatever you want. Because the devil is there to. I mean, what is the devil? Temptation, mm-hmm. tempting the girl into doing stuff that the church kind of sways her away from doing that she probably would have killed more people if she didn't have those people telling her that it's a bad thing to do so Eunice kind of pushes her on her way on her journey towards being Dexter or something like that <laughs> but uh yeah so that's 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 the last of we see of Miss Jenny Reynolds yeah that was so weird I just I thought that was weird I, I really did so that lets me know Ryan Murphy would not leave that just oh okay like a one shoot you know yeah no there's there's she's gonna come back she's gonna be tied Tied to Sister Jude, perhaps, or something in some way. Maybe Eunice will set up Sister Jude to kill her. I mean, there's Sister Jude has something about killing kids. <laughs> True. Until we get to episode two, or episode seven. And then uh, moving along in the episode, we have the Monsignor go through his arc real quick. Uh, we, learn the, we learn that back when the Monsignor first started at, the cert, at, at Briarcliff and was taking over it, um, he talked to Arden and they had a whole tuberculosis ward of people dying. And he was there to do his last rites for a woman. And Arden talks about how he is doing research to find a cure. And it's kind of an interesting scene as they're, they're pulling a cart with a dead tuberculosis victim's body in it mm-hmm. down that cave that is like the secret tunnels in the shaft. And Arden's talking about, well, the next step would have been human exper- experimentation. And these people are all just the trash of society anyway. Mm-hmm. It's for the greater good. So we kind of learn a little bit more about the Monsignor's motives for doing what he does and for being not so much as an asshole as we think he is, but more of just his heart's in the right place, but he's kind of an idiot. Well, would you, well he also said, Arden also said that the experiments that he was, you know, that he was working on could actually give them immunities. Inter- yeah, and it would, it would directly correlate to his relationship as possibly his goal of Rome, perhaps. Yeah. So it actually, you know, he preyed upon his own ambitions. And that, in, the, in, in, in a sense, is the devil working within us, is our greed, is our ambition. So, you know, and, so I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say Monsignor was completely innocent. He, you know, he saw the power. Yeah, definitely. You're right. I, that, so, was, that was a good catch. Yeah, that, just, you know, and then now with, he found, when he found Shelly, 
and you know he found Shelley just in this mess of what, where she was at, you know, and he actually you know put her out of her misery, and now he had a change of heart because remember they they had a plan all along, and there was going to be some stuff that was that was going to morally you know put them in question, and now that Monsignor feels like what well, this is wrong, well you have no this this has been going on all along according to Arden, you know yeah. I mean they they knew, and now you're having a crisis of conscience. Yeah, and I don't think I think it's because he hasn't seen. He's never seen the subject of the of the experiments. He's always thought that the that Arden's been conducting the experiments and all the patients there. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he hasn't noticed anything wrong with all the patients there, so it's not like that. It's like he hasn't I guess he hasn't really noticed people disappearing left and right. And that scene with the hospital when I first saw it, I was like, who are they talking about? I I I wasn't putting Shelley in my mind for some stupid reason. Oh, yeah. and I was like, who are they talking about? Is this is this back when he first started at Briarcliff? Is this in the time of Arden right now? Like, what's going on? And then he opens the door, and I'm just like, oh, I felt so bad for not thinking of that. And I'm just like, are you talking about when he strangled Shelley? Yeah, with oh, the rosary. With the rosary. Okay. He strangles a girl with a rosary. Mm-hmm. That's just that's very good imagery right there as well. With a monsignor, an owner of this whole. Asylum mm-hmm. run by the church to make people better. Right. One of their patients being strangled to death with a rosary. It's he had to do what he had to do, man. It, and that's what I'm saying. It's what is that saying? Uh, well-behaved people rarely make history, and he seems like he wants to make history. There you go. And so. then uh, after that, he confronts Arden. He basically says, "You didn't tell me this was what's going on." Blah 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 blah. I right. I'm going to bring it all to the light. And Arden tells him that, well, if you go down, I go down, basically. Mm-hmm. And Arden shows him the progress of his research, which is basically this human monster thing strapped to the table, ridiculousness. I mean, he, he basically says it's the next step of human evolution, yet right. it's still this horrifying, mangled, unintelligent creature. Well, unintelligent as we know so far. Right. We don't know if they do have communication between the other mutants or anything. Was like this that. when Spivey was on the table? When he was talking, about, because remember he was talking about, you know, because of the Russians, that the Russians, you know, it was going to prevent any type of attack, an atomic attack from them, because it would kill twenty million instantly. Yeah, and those survivors would have to learn how to survive under this this cloud, under the effects of what the you know the the bomb would create. So what he he he's working on this to create the evolution. Was of that Spivey? That was Spivey. Yeah, because he was explaining the story. He caught Spivey. No, yeah, he, he caught, caught Spivey in that little like he was because Mister he was masturbating while watching Mary Eunice. Was it Mary? Yeah, Mary Sister Mary Eunice yeah. asked was putting on the show for him. Asked yeah. him to do it. Okay. So I didn't notice. I didn't even recognize that that was Spivey on the table. Yeah, he's the next one. He's yeah. He's now like kind of looking like Shelley. Man, I'm missing so much right now. I mean, that's <laughs> there's literally so much, guys. Uh, we're on chat. You know, I'm I'm on chat roll right now. If you know, you guys are also. You're also welcome to call us at 424-256-1729. You know, if you guys have any questions, if you guys can help clear some of it up with us. So let's see. I'm, I'm looking right now if we've got anyone online. And you can also tweet us as well at AfterBuzz or um, we should create like a hashtag, like hashtag, a, you know, after, after bu- ABTV AHS Asylum or yeah, something, something like that. something like that. We'll work on that for next week. But yeah, yeah. No, it was Spivey, dude. Yeah, I'm – it's just – I'm – I'm watching these episodes and so much went on in these two episodes that I was just like, everything kind of like is jumbled in my head still. I'm still trying to get over it because, I mean, of course, it aired a week ago and at the same time, we're kind of like trying to do two episodes here. So I'm like, what happened in this episode and what happened in this episode? Well, what we can do is since it's so much, what really stuck out like like stuff like, let's talk about like Kit. And there's a reason why I want to bring up Kit because I think, where is he? You know, his storylines, I know he, he was taken away to jail. Uh-huh. But to me, I'm, I'm not really rooting for him. Are you rooting for anyone this season so far compared to the first season? Like some characters that, let's say, oh, I really want Arden to, you know, get away with it. I want Sister Jude. You know, I want redemption for Sister Jude. Who are we rooting for this season? I'm rooting for her, Mary Eunice. Okay, okay. I am because, like, after seeing what... What transpires, like seeing how the asylum is in the present time. Okay. Like, I'm interested in seeing Mary Eunice's character and how she creates that havoc to make, bring it to that destruction. Okay. That brings it to present time. So that makes me seem like a bad guy, but like, no, I think it's interesting. Eunice's character is the most interesting to me on the show. Absolutely. I, I hope she gets nominated for an Emmy this, this year. I love... I hate, I was bored with it the first two two episodes, but then until when the the demon took over, yeah, 
And it's like, what? She's, my, she's absolutely my favorite character this season as well. I, I agree with you. Absolutely. We do learn a little bit about Eunice, too, that I forgot to bring up with, that, with the girl. Um, she talks about how she had friends once, too, that were just there. She was just there. And uh, they invite her to a pool party, and they introduce her and everything, and it's going to be a party. Everybody has their robes on. They're all going to go in the pool and skinny dip. She gets on the diving board, and everyone takes their robes up at the same time. Mm-hmm. And everybody has bathing suits on except for her. So what does that lead? Okay, she wanted that. She wanted to be validated. She wanted to be part of the group and whatnot. And she was, of course, isolated and put aside. Yeah, I mean, it kind of that kind of. She she is an isolated person. She didn't get along with the people. So I think that kind of led to how she became a nun in, okay. in the first place. And I mean, it's just a, it's just a little bit of backstory because we don't know too much about Mary Eunice except that she is possessed and mm-hmm. she is pretty pretty ridiculously loyal to Arden. Yeah, because I want to know what, okay, that, that pool party was, okay, just a snippet in her life, but what led her to become a nun? Yeah, because well, they get into that with Jude a lot. Right. But, it, uh, we focus so much on Jude's backstory. Let's start spreading the wealth a little bit, I think, you know. Um, now, I was going to say, you know, I, we were told, you know, to start a little thing called Catch of the Week. And some things that we might have, you know, fans might have missed or some food for thought. And this is in episode six. And I wanted to bring up about Threadsen. And remember when Threadsen fed um, Lana that ham and cheese sandwich? Mm-hmm. He gave it that, I forget the name. Like, Yeah, it was some well-made thing with nutmeg. I want to tell okay. you. Nutmeg. Okay. That, that, okay. Ham and cheese. Ham is a derivative. Is, a, is pork, of course. Well, they say, what, think of this. What if that was... Wendy that Lana was eating. I was thinking of that too. Yeah. And I felt like if it was, they would have gone into it a little bit more. Not yet. We're going to get to it in a second. Not yet. He, remember, this is all calculated. This is all laid out. Think of it this way. Okay. Pork. I read this. I was reading. I was reading up on this. I have a lot of free time. Um, that pork is what is most similar tasting as human meat. Well, yeah. Human meat is called long pig. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, it's like the the name for human meat is long pig. So I didn't I didn't I didn't see that it was a ham and cheese sandwich. I thought it was it, just it's ham. Yeah, that sandwich is it's a ham and cheese that he made with a fancy French name. Ooh. Yeah, and nutmeg is a preservative. So remember, no Ooh. no lines are thrown away here. And I think he's gonna you know since we we're, we're pretty caught up and we know what's gonna happen to threat. You know, we see him in the previews for next week with threats in Atlanta. I think he's going to drop that line, and he's going to totally. I'm going to. He's going to mind f, <laughs> mind f Lana by saying you basically ate your girlfriend. Ooh, I didn't see the previews. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Then. No, that's fine. No, <laughs> go through it. Like that's yeah. cool. We'll, we'll get into that in a second. Yeah, and I'm trying to think anything else. Yeah, I mean, really think about Lana's face when she finds out that if it's true, this is just speculative. This is completely speculative. So. But it makes sense. Think about it. I mean, she only really... And, yeah, I mean, if, if, if she was eating Wendy, and then she said, thank you for all you're doing, thank you for your kindness, that's just so... Oh. And I love... Uh, you know, ever since, ever since Heroes, of course, I can't see Zachary Kinto as anything other than a very villainous character. Spock! What about Spock, man? I'm still... I mean, of course I've seen him as Spock, but, like, literally when I see him in any TV series, I'm thinking of... Uh, Skyler. It was Skyler, right? Skyler. Skyler. Yeah. Yeah. And I think of him as that, and it just brought it right back to me at the very beginning of this episode when when she wakes up and it looks like she's in her bed. It looks like she's back in her home and she's like smelling the pillow again. She's like, ah, and then she realizes that him cooking when he's like, this is a great thing to wake up to, a great smell. And she's like, ah, and he's like, ah, like, see? It was just like right back to that. I was like, whoa, this guy can be. Way intimidating. He can be that character. He's very good at snapping right in and right out of it. And that's what I really enjoy about his acting. Yeah, he's fantastic in that sense that um, what I was going to say is, okay, now to, to bolster my argument here with that being Wendy, the Wendy sandwich, the guy's got, <laughs> he's got nipple lamps. Come on, he's got nipple lamps. I'm telling you, that's, gonna, that's Wendy. She ate Wendy. She, she ate, ate Wendy. She ate her own girlfriend. I'm leaving that alone. Don't, don't, I'm leaving yeah, that alone. Don't even touch it. Yeah, with that said, but <laughs> anything else from, from episode six that I'm trying to, that, like Saul and, you know, about Saul being butchered by Mary Eunice oh, towards, well, the, towards the end? Well, yeah, Sister Jude, of course, goes to the hotel and, see, and finds Goodman there, dead, 
well, not not quite dead. He still has his dying words, and he says that it was a nun. He was one of your nuns. And then she's trying to figure out what's trying to figure out everything. And she looks at the TV and it has like the news article of the girl she ran over in the car, mm-hmm. and it says murderer on the TV, and it's flashing. And she's just kind of freaking out. And then I don't want to go into that anymore for this episode. We'll go into that for next episode. Sure. I just want to run through what happens to Lana real quick, just so we're up to date on what happens in, in episode six before we get into seven. Uh, this is where. Um, she threads and talks about his, like, where he came from, med school, how he's the one who wanted the warmth of a mother. He has mommy issues, like, up the wazoo. Right. And uh, he is, he, in med school, he basically ha- went with a cadaver and was trying to get the motherly warmth from a cadaver, but the skin was too stiff and the skin was too told. So he's telling Lana that he wants her to be his mom. Mm-hmm. Weirdo. And, uh... Finally, she she gets a she doesn't get away from him, but he's not in the room, and she grabs a file, tries to get out, while Kit is on the phone. Kit calls Threadson and infuriates him, calling him a liar, calling him like he lied about getting him out of prison, getting him out of this, getting him out of that, and it's kind of a it's kind of funny to see him get so furiated over somebody calling him a liar when he basically lied. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like yeah, you're a liar. And it's like I'm a liar. It's like no, you you set him up pretty badly and was it this episode or next episode that we saw kit with the his lawyer that's episode seven that's episode seven okay so i'll just finish up lana he notices that she tried to escape he uh finds out and he's about he puts on his bloody face mask about to kill her and she calls him baby it's okay baby 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 mom is here for you kind of stuff and he lets up and then we finish the episode off with the police officers in briarcliff in the present looking around and they hear the phone ringing for Adam Levine's character. And if you notice, you don't see Adam Levine's character's face, so I'm pretty sure that that was a double. Definitely was a double because he was, like, turned over like this. And then they find the arm with the phone in it. He answers it. It's, uh... It it was McDermish. Or it was Crinto, whichever... That that one I had a harder time picking up, like, tonally. It's in the beginning of episode six, six. You totally pick up Dylan. That's Dylan's voice. It is. It, it could be Dylan, Dylan trying to act like Zachary's, you know, trying to put on a Zachary Quinto voice. But that's Dylan McDermott. <laughs> Absolutely. 100%. If not, please email me and, or send us, uh, send us some, some comments. And actually, we got one from Mix. Is it Mix Ma- Maxitude? And he's saying that the little girl may show up in the future as well. So Ooh. he's kind of in agreement with us. So, hey, Marissa, do you remember when I asked you about the pick? Can we put up that Dylan pick? Sure. Yeah, so guys, if you guys are if you if you're listening to us, make sure to check it out on YouTube. We'll maybe post up a link a little bit later. But this I got this on um I think it was a Tumblr page. And this is Dylan on set. And oh, oh, that was my next surprise. Whoops. <laughs> that is uh, Dylan McDermott and that looks kind of, you know, I would that looks kind of bloody face-ish, wouldn't you say? Or is either that or butcher? That looks that looks a lot like a butcher. That looks very much like Dexter. Okay, but that's <laughs> that's Dylan right now. He's in the tunnels. Yeah. So he's at Briarcliff right there. I mean, what more do you guys? What more do you want? Given to hey, listen to the voice, see the pick, and the way his the way his hair is, the way his mm-hmm. pants are being worn, it looks like it is the present. So yeah, he looks like he would be. And we might as well might as well since we put it up there anyway. I found another picture, and this is found on a, a great blog on Tumblr. I cannot remember for the life of me. Just tweet me or Steven or AfterBuzz, and I'll let, I'll send you guys the link. And these guys have a picture of the aliens. Yeah. And, and if Marissa wants, you can if you can put that pic up. And this is the actual the alien. Remember, we only caught like a glimpse of the alien, like in episode yeah. three in Nor'easter, with like dark. That's the alien. That is so. It, I don't want to say anything. Y- yes, you do. It, it, yes, if you guys aren't watching us, it it looks like the lady part on the alien's face. Yeah, that's, that's like. Are you serious, Ryan Murphy? Like, really? That's that's the that, that's you know speculative. But they put it on their site. But I'm pretty sure. Remember when we caught it for a glimpse? I remember. I only caught really yeah, the it, eyes. That that has to be that the has alien. to be it. I mean, it looks exactly like it. But really, right. I mean. Ugh. Spoiler. Sorry, I, I should have yeah. prefaced oh. it with a possible spoiler, guys. So if you guys, you know, if we if we spoil anything for you, we're sorry. But this we haven't seen them yet, so this is all. Just... I think Lana's gonna love those aliens. Yeah. <laughs> well, then <laughs> that let's... was a bad joke. Um, but yeah, it ends with Adam Levine, and uh, then we find out that it was his honeymoon. The cops are like, okay, well, where's the wife? 
and it shows her with present bloody face wrapped to a table. Right, Teresa. Teresa, yes. so what's going to happen to her still? That's what I want to know. So that is the current present story arc, and that is the end of episode six. And now we have some real note-taking done by JC, because my <laughs> recap has been so all over the place. That was, no, it's fantastic. No, 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 no. But you know, now this, is, this one's known as Dark Cousin, and we see uh, the, is, the, the coming back of a character from first, uh, season, season one, which was um, Moira, but now is, I guess... Just an old mode. Yes, it's Frances Conroy who's back now, and it was great to see her. I I think all the fanboys love seeing her, and we open with a scene with Grace, and, you know, Grace is in in her bed, and she's in a puddle of blood, and we're like, great, you know, what's going on with her? Is she pregnant? You know, because I I still think she's... I think she's pregnant. I think she and Lana are pregnant. I don't think so anymore. I don't think Grace is pregnant anymore. Okay. The sole reason that, uh, like, Dr. Arden did the surgery on her. Um, uh, I disagree. Ar- oh, you, you, wait, the, the sterilization? No. Okay. No, 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 no. They basically shout it to you that he didn't. Yeah. And you know that he didn't because he wouldn't do something like that. Um, I mean, the last we see her before this is her, she's covered in blood. And then after, now we see her covered in blood. And they talk about it as her all of her lady parts are missing. Like... They took everything out. Yeah, Mary Eunice said she was scooped out. Yeah, so I think there's no chance of her being pregnant. So then... I think if if anything, she was pregnant before the sterilization and they took the baby out. That makes sense. That makes sense because we see that flashback scene about two episodes ago where, you know, she is... You see the alien and you see something, like, rip, like, yeah. right, right around the lower part of her belly. So it seems like it's taking out whatever's inside. So I, th- so I think she was pregnant. There you go. And then they took it out. Okay. So, so, I, so we'll, see, we'll, see the, we'll see them hopefully in, in the next few episodes or so. But, yeah, let's talk about basically um, what do you think about, you know, Dark Phoenix. Uh, dark Phoenix. I always think of Dark <laughs> About the Dark Cousin coming in as being basically the kiss of death. Basically death. I like the imagery they used mm-hmm. because they're using... They're using the angel of death as something of the light side mm-hmm. of something as like something heavenly because it is a it is an angel. It's not an angel who's fallen. It's the angel of death. And using something like you have the nuns, you have Sister Mary Eunice who's in the nun uniform, which is something it's dark, but it's representative of the light mm-hmm. when she is possessed. And then you have an angel of death that usually people think of as something very demonic in a way because it's the thing that kills humans it's the thing that kills people but it is the angel uh but it is like an angel so let's go oh we, looks like we have a guest caller so let's go ahead and take it right now fantastic, fantastic. we've got a caller hello hi who are we speaking hi. with who, who who are we speaking with joseph hey joseph what's going on where are you calling from joseph we're calling from uh, georgia from Georgia, nice. Go dogs. What's going on, brother? <laughs> Nothing much. What's going? What's going on there? Have you? What have you started talking on? Yet? We just started the episode seven. Yeah. What, what? Well, first off, what are your thoughts so far? How are you liking this season? Um. Okay. It, I, I was so invested in the first. The first season was like, I don't know. It was. It was. It was everything really, whereas it seems very random this season. It's like especially this episode, like the I understand I mean, what you're saying. I, I, like, uh, I mean, the first episode was very put together and the storylines kind of meshed, and this episode's a little bit all over the place, introducing such huge characters like the Angel of Death this episode, like the little girl randomly last episode, like things like that. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. And plus, very bittersweet because Grace. I mean, whoa! I mean, that 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 really hit me. You mean you mean at the end where um, we'll we'll talk about that of course later as well. Where uh, yeah. with the mutant and uh, the mutant and Kit and the cop shooting Grace and she giving yeah. her giving her life for the greater good of Kit. You know, yeah, basically. saving Kit. Yeah, one of the things. Um, after watching that episode, I, re- I recalled the um, first episode when Kit asked her why she was being so nice to him, mm-hmm. and she had said to him, what you put out in the world comes back to you. So, oh. 
I don't know. I thought that was sort of foreshadowing. Okay. Like, for fate. You know, like, she's being nice to him. She even went so far as to save his life, yet it was for her own reasons. She was miserable. She was tortured. You know, you brought, Joseph, you brought up a great point because actually in my notes I had written, I was, I'm dis, I was disappointed, I know we're, we're kind of jumping around a little bit here, but just, to, you know, honor to go with the call, is that I was actually disappointed when, when Ju, Sister Jude had that, um, I thought she died. I thought she was, when she sliced her wrist. Oh, you thought yeah. that she actually did? Yeah. The reason I, I was disappointed was because it, then it makes it kind of, the storyline a little bit predictable because I, I, I want to be in a story where no one is safe. Because then that you're going to be more invested to watch. Like Joseph is totally bummed that, that you know that Grace is, is dead, you know. But yeah, as we know, as we don't know exactly. Because I I read somewhere that there's a, a a possible coming back in episode nine, that someone's coming back, and it's going to be to the shock to everyone. So could well, that go ahead, Joseph? Thank. Oh, cut! You're cutting out. What's that? Uh oh. We seem to be having some technical difficulties there with Joseph. We lost Joseph, but we'll just we'll just go ahead and continue on with the episode. Yeah, give us a call later, Joseph, for sure. But definitely appreciate the feedback, buddy. But yet, yeah, no, um, I just I don't like the stability there. I, I want I want us to wonder if you know someone as pivotal as Sister Jude, even though the story is basically wrapped around her, but that no one is safe. I mean, that would just make me want to watch it even more. Yeah, I mean, I do kind of agree with Joseph to a point, though, that like. Watching these episodes, like, just watching these two episodes, I was just like, what is going on right now? Like, like, I, I don't even know what to say. Like, there was just too much. There was a lot of stuff that just bounced around all over the place. Well, like what? Let's say, are you talking about, you said, you said dark, the dark cousin. Okay. Well, like, we have the dark cousin, of course. Okay, that, well, she's there for, because basically, who else is going to scare Mary Eunice? Well, yeah, and I agree with that. She needs an adversary. It's just, it's... I don't know. I don't know how to form my opinion around it. I mean, I like, I like where it's going. I just didn't like the execution of throwing in all this stuff. To, I'm not a fan of when they when they just throw in new curveballs like randomly in one episode without leading up to it at all. And then like they keep dropping things and not even referencing them for episodes at a time. Like they didn't even really bring up aliens at all these last three episodes, aside right. from when they talk about. Grace's lady parts being scooped out, and then they don't even reference it. Then, um, I mean, I, I I'm liking where it's going. I'm I'm sure that they're going to bring it all to a close pretty well, or they're going to leave the door wide open. You never know with with these kind of shows. Well, in a way, think of it this way: um, Episode one, when we all did the first episode, we said the same exact thing we're saying tonight. Yeah, that they're throwing a lot of stuff at you, and then it it. it it finds a way to being explained in the following episodes. I think maybe they're just doing that because, in a way, this is the second half of the season. We're on episode seven. Yeah. So they're doing it all over again. And there's a theme. Um, Jackie Broski, she's the one that came up with, she got us the name for Dominique, the song. Yeah. And if you think about, the thing with Dominique is whenever you're in, you're, you're in the, the main room for all the, the patients, that song's always on. It's like you're always on a loop. You're always on a loop. And that's kind of like what's happening to all these characters. Think about like Lana. Lana. She ends up escaping from Dr. Threadson. And she ends up, you know, she ends up, you know, getting in that car accident and she ends up back at Briarcliff. Just as soon as you think you're away, you're back to square one. Yeah. And, and everyone, Kit's back. She's back. You know? Every- it's like you can't, you can't stay away. And uh, it's... You're like in constant loop. And, and, and here's, a, here's something to go with. Let's say with... With Dark Cousin. Dark Cousin, you know, when she gives you the kiss of death, she's giving, as, as these characters would see, as their, as their freedom. Because while they're stuck, while they're alive, they're basically in prison. Mm. Be- because they're getting the free. Lana just wants to escape, and she ends up back, back to square one. Are, are, you fo- are you following me with that? I don't know if I'm making, I'm making shit for sense there. No, you are making sense. It's, it's, it's interesting because, like, every time, you're right, every time somebody gets out of there, they come back in and they're back where they were when they began. Like, when mm-hmm. they did the escape plan, they got out, found the creatures, ran back right in, and they're back where they began. We haven't seen Pepper in four episodes, so I'm wondering what's going on with her. She'll be back. Actually, I have, I'm on the screen right now. There was a great tweet between Ryan Murphy and a fan, by the, uh, well, it doesn't matter, it's, uh, just a, a fan, 
And she said, will there be more of Pepper and Shelly in upcoming American Horror Story episodes? And Ryan himself answered, yes, wait till, they see, wait till you see what Arden did to Shelly, which we've seen, mm-hmm. and what Pepper does as revenge. Ooh. Uh-huh. That's so, interesting. Yeah. I, that's, that's actually pretty cool. So, that's a, so keep in tune for that. Now, I'm, I'm, I know I'm everywhere tonight, but I think it's just with so much we have to talk about, I just want to raise really questions, you know, and... Um, Let's see. I'm going to cook your noodle here. Okay. Here's one. Well, we could save it for predictions, but literally, um, I'm trying to think if we... Well, let's talk about Sister Jude. We found out that Sister Jude... Oh, we found out that Sister Jude actually got syphilis from her husband. uh, Well, the man she was going to marry, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, with syphilis, you know, she, she talked about that it causes infertility. But, of course, I have no life, and I did research on syphilis. <laughs> and what I found out about what syphilis is that it it's, has a less than 10% chance of causing infertility. But what it does cause is insanity. It causes delusion. Those are some of the symptoms of syphilis. Something so, that Mary that Jude has been definitely experiencing lately. Right, and, and we can go to the scene when they were in the cafe when she was talking to the dark cousin. You know, when, I'm dark, yeah, when she was talking to the, the archangel, which I'm trying to remember the, her actual name. It was like Sheshrel or something. Jezra. Or, yeah. It sounded I, like... I um, have it written down, but, but nonetheless, they were having this conversation. And remember what the waitresses said. They're like, poor thing. She should, she should be at Briarcliff. Did you huh. catch that line? Okay, because at the end, you see Jessica Lange's character speaking to no one. And they're like... Mm, it was Jihad. What's that? Jihad or something like That's, that. I think, I'm pretty sure that was what it is. But what I'm saying is the waitresses. Yeah. They see her talking to no one, so basically they're saying this girl's nuts. And then they t- say that maybe they'll give her a bed for the night at Briarcliff. Right. So remember, she, now she has syphilis. If she has syphilis and it leads, it's, leads to insanity, could this, her whole storyline be just in her head? And um, it's, a, it's a cheap way. It's a cheap out. I'm sure, but I, I think that there's a correlation there somewhat in there. I think that the insanity that could be in her head was hearing the radio broadcasts about still looking for the hit and run driver and things like that and building that up to where she thought it was because she she obviously thought this girl was dead mm-hmm. and i mean it, it, that that is part of the insanity i don't think there is insanity in the fact of uh the angel of death the dark cousin mm-hmm. because so many people have seen her this episode she goes to almost she goes to like five main characters this episode so it's kind of i don't think that she's imagining that but it was interesting to learn a little bit about jude's how deep into depression she is from what's going on because she asked the angel she puts those those three instances up it's like and when my when he left me with syphilis and he looked at me like i was nothing as he walked away uh where were you then when i hit that girl where were you then and why do you come now and it's like the angel's just like you still had hope you still had hope so the fact that she's there now mm-hmm. is that like Sister Jude, you have no hope now. So that's kind of what I got out of that scene. Is like Sister Jude has no hope of completing that that greater purpose mm-hmm. that was left to her there because she she says that great line where she's like, "God gave me that challenge and I failed. I failed God's challenge." And but it, it, but didn't um, the dark cousin retort by saying that's still in God's plan? It wasn't in God's plan, so. And remember when she said it's not her it's not her time quite yet. She has one more thing she needs to do, and that's when she went to Missy's house mm-hmm. and found out that Missy was still alive and has a baby and has a baby. So yeah. just to increase her psychosis and the fact that I don't know if it, what's going on with Hank, her father. Did you notice during that scene that Hank, Missy's father, would just he just kept giving her like the stare down because it, he wanted exact revenge on whoever did that who left her daughter basically to die. It was a very awkward scene, and I want to throw something out here real quick. Sure. Hank was wearing the same kind of uniform that Kit was wearing in the very first episode. Good catch. So I don't know if Hank knows Kit or if that throws them all together because it might. Like we had a very. I got an email a while back from uh, from our producer that forwarded to me mm-hmm. about somebody who was trying to piece together their puzzle about the whole the whole asylum being the spaceship saying that like every everything is tied in with the aliens of the whole 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 place being a spaceship mm-hmm. and perhaps if you think about it maybe the whole town is a spaceship I mean, maybe the whole town is an experiment on people. So I don't know. That was that was just something somebody threw out there. I had to bring it up a little bit, um, and it kind of makes sense with uh, if every character is tied into each other. We'll see how that goes. But, um, yeah, so we do, uh, we kind of 
jumped way ahead because that is the. Well, we're just throwing it. You know, that's why I, I said we had so much stuff going on. Yeah. And to literally go from plot point to plot point is basically what stuck out to, to me the most, and and just making it super interactive because some of the fans are saying maybe that's why the aliens didn't kill Sister Jude because she can't have babies. I want to ask you something real quick. Yeah. What's up? So obviously in this episode, S- Sister Mary Eunice reveals to Arden that she is possessed. Right. And Sister Jude knows now. Okay. So Arden's experiments have been always kind of dark and demonic in a way. Do you think he's going to try and abuse her power, maybe try to use her power to create something? That's interesting. That's Because in- at first I would say, no way, she's the devil. The devil can read through it. But however, however uh, Arden is quite a survivalist. He's, he's quite smart. And why not appeal to the devil's own special interests? Well, so- the devil does have special interests, especially because she, she obviously didn't kill Arden. She could have killed Arden long ago sure. if she wanted to. And with Kit and uh, with uh, Lana. And when Lana is back in the... After the accident, she's back in the hospital. She's telling Sister, Sister Mary Eunice about how... Uh, uh, she knows Threadson's bloody face. Threadson's bloody face. Kill, Kit didn't kill anyone. That kind of stuff. And it go, cuts back to when they were in the uh, with the the uh, exorcism, and it has a little clip of the guy on the bed talking sure. to Threadson. It's like I'm a fan of your work, bloody face. Did we not? Did we not pick that up? No, no. I don't think they they didn't show it. Okay, fairly sure they didn't show it, but. That that just kind of leads me to believe that the devil, the devil, Sister Marius, is going to bring Threadson back into it as Bloody Face and kind of maybe position him, hire him at Briarcliff for her own deeds. Uh-huh. And that's going to be kind of like... Fantastic catch. I love that. Evil. That's a great idea. Yeah, because you're right, because uh, I don't know if you just explained this right now. There's literally so much in my brain just trying to absorb everything. Um, that sister, uh, sister Eunice actually did say, you know, she, she, you saw her eyes like spark up when yeah. she heard about Threadson being, you know, being bloody faced. Well, I think that's the only reason that she's going to bring Threadson back to the hospital yeah. for Lana is because Lana told her that. That's a great call. Dude. Cause she's such a, she's such a Loki. Let's see. I'm trying to see what the fans are saying right now. Well, uh, while you look at what the fans are saying, I want to talk about how AfterBuzz TV has a little bit of a teaming up going on with Amazon.com. And if you nice. are going to buy anything, I know it's Christmas time. You definitely want to buy some Christmas gifts for everybody. And what better way to buy Christmas gifts than to go to one of the largest, amazing sale websites in the world, Amazon.com, and go there through AfterBuzz. Go to AfterBuzzTV.com and click on that big old Amazon banner mm-hmm. and buy your stuff after doing that. And we get kind of a we get kind of a bonus at AfterBuzz, which keeps us going, keeps the lights on. We we have six lights over JC. I think it might go down to five if we don't keep getting people buying Amazon stuff. No, I'm just kidding. But I got these boots on Amazon actually. And what? I, and I need some new ones actually, as you can tell. I've like really trashed these, but these are awesome. So definitely now I know if I need a new pair of boots, I'm gonna get them through Amazon. I'm gonna click on the banner, which is I think it's on the was in the right corner of our screen. It's like it's, right in the middle. It's like right there. You're really? like. Bam, Amazon. Yeah, so instead of going to Amazon, go to AfterBuzz, and it'll take you straight there, and it really helps us out, guys. So thank you for sure. Yes. So, oh, we got one, one of the fans. We got uh, Watchtower Base saying, already spent a 1000 bucks through you guys. I'm good. Wow. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, buddy. So th- You're th- a legend, after Watchtower. <laughs> so I'm trying to think anything else that might have stuck out from this episode, because literally there was just so much. I'm trying to think. I really want, you know, Kit's supposed to be the big hero this season. I don't know how they're going to integrate him. I know he's back at Briarcliff, but do I really care? Like, literally, there's so many storylines right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. And there is a, you, you always like to bring up the nods to uh, the horror movies that are out and everything, right? Okay, what, what was this episode? Okay, so it's not so much this whole episode, but this is kind of a joke in a way. It, it gave a nod to every stupid horror film ever when Lana gets out of, threads in this place and doesn't kill him yes like what is wrong with you like it's just such a like strangle him oh i'm not even gonna knock him out i'm just gonna leave him there and then run away so he can is that real okay i (laughs) thank you thank gosh what is wrong with you i thought you were an intelligent woman 
Okay, Steven said that. Okay. <laughs> the views expressed here in and after Buzz TV are not yeah, all right. No, no, I agree. Okay. In okay, let's 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 play a little reality game. I know we've never been in this scenario, but I'm asking the fans, whoever's listening to this, if you're in that scenario, you've been tortured by this person and you had that second to get out, you're literally gonna use your adrenaline is pumping. You are squeezing those chains. You are gonna squeeze with all your power, that's going to snap, that's going to suffocate him, snap his, snap his neck, or, you know, it's going to do some damage. Yeah. And she, for her just to leave like that, because, okay, if she would have done this, let's say if she would have killed him. I, I know it ruins the story, suspension of disbelief, I know. But let's say if she kills him, she doesn't have to run, run out, to, run out and almost get hit by the car. She can calmly go to the phone, call the authorities, and report everything that happened. I know it takes away the magic of the horror series itself, but I'm just saying, why not do that? Okay, it, like, let's put it in like gamer terms. If you're in a game and you're playing something and there's a room with like five monsters, you're going to clear out the room before you search stuff. You're not going to just mm-hmm. kill like one of them and be like, okay, time to look around everything. It's mm-hmm. like, what is wrong with you? you? You have a syringe full of a tranquilizer. You stab him with it. You don't even inject him with it. Right. And then he's like half knocked out because you've had chains. And you don't even, like, take the chain... You, you decide that while he's still slightly awake, you're going to take the key out of his pocket and get your chains off. You're not even going to put the shackles on him. Yeah. Like, she could have just shackled him up. And think about it. Just kill him. Police show up. Oh, this guy has a torture room in his basement. Mm-hmm. They're not exactly going to say, Lana, you committed murder. You know, and, and that's... A, and she's a journalist, remember? So yeah. that instant, I, Okay, maybe when you're at the point of death, basically, you're not thinking about that, but... But still, literally, I mean, you, that was the, the best way to go. But again, we wouldn't have a story, so who knows what's going to happen. So I'm just trying to think anything else that we might have missed on the episode. Yeah, I'll go, but, I'll go through a few things that I just sure, want to shout out about. Um, well, you do find out that Threadson knew about Lana way before he was, she was in Briarcliff. Because she was the one who was talking about Bloody Face having big mommy issues and stuff. And that's why he was like, okay, I totally understand you. And that's kind of how she... Uh, that's kind of, he, he's been following her for a while before she even ended up in the asylum. Right. And that's how he knew about Wendy. He knew about a lot of stuff. He knew where she lived. She got rid of, he got rid of Wendy. Um, he obviously has sex with her this episode, which kind of makes it even creepier for that one scene where he was doing the therapy and having touch his member. Like that kind of stuff. Like with the guy there. Mm-hmm. Like trying to, con- he was trying to make her straight right. for his own purposes. To a point. Do you, do you think he... So he thought that far ahead that he was going to have sex with Lana. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, did, I, I, did, I didn't pick up that. I just... And then he felt ashamed of it because basically at that point he was... She was his mom. Mm-hmm. And that's why he comes down and gives her the ultimatum. Would you rather be have your sl- throat slit or would you rather be strangled? Mm-hmm. Oh, what am I doing? I'll just put you out. You won't feel a thing. Which is kind of kind of him. I mean, for... Thinking about the other woman that he knocked over the head and took to his place, mm-hmm. he skinned her alive. I mean, that's, I'd rather be knocked out when I die. Well, if I'm going to die that kind of way, I'd rather be knocked out for it. True, true, true. Okay. Totally, totally honest right there. We got someone, let's see, of course, the chat roll saying it reminds people of the, if we were speaking about games, it's the game called Fear. Yeah. Exactly like the game. Good call. Oh, and of course, it's, uh, it's Adrian. What's up? Good call, buddy. So I'm trying. Anything else that we may have missed? Do we have any news and gossip for today? Oh, you're, you're looking for points. That's right. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking for just a few points. I mean, of course, we have the. Uh, well, of course, the name is written in blood because we, we didn't talk about that one character real Ma- quick. Miles. Yeah, Mark Miles shows up and he he's schizophrenic apparently or something like that, mm-hmm. and gets the meat thing, cuts his wrists open, and then that's when we first introduced to the dark cousin mm-hmm. when. Uh, well, first, Mariana sees the name in blood on the wall, and she's like, where did you see that? It's like, can you read it? It's like, it's old. It's like ancient Aramaic. Mm-hmm. How the hell does Sister Mary Eunice know ancient Aramaic except for being possessed? Sure. And then uh, then dar- the Dark One visits him in his bed and basically kills him, and Eunice finds her. Right. Eunice, there was the confrontation between Eunice and the Dark Cousin where Fantastic they scene. basically tell them, they tell the viewer that they're both angels. Well, that's what the devil is. Well, yeah, it was a fallen angel. It's so. the fallen angel, but uh, they're like trying to, they're telling each other to stay out of each other's way. Mm-hmm. And who do you think's more afraid of one another? 
I have a feel. I'm actually. I actually think that uh, Mary Eunice, you know, is more more is more afraid of um, the, than of the dark cousin. Really? Than vice? Yeah, I I believe so. I I be, you know why? Well, maybe I wouldn't go that far. It's because um, Mary Eunice wants to get out, and you see that transformation, which was a great scene by Lily Rabe, where she is the demon. Then she is yeah. good Mary Eunice, and then she's back to the demon. Very rem- for me, it was reminiscent of Lord of the Rings and Gollum. Just the back and forth, the inner struggle, the conflict. It and reminded it- me of the Exorcism too, when like she mm-hmm. let the demon lets up for a moment so she can talk, and, and the demon takes over again. That- we're and then she says, "We're happy here, like we, like the, the mm-hmm. universal. We are happy here." So, but but the way you were look- when you asked me that question, do you? It looks like you disagreed. You th- you think that. The Dark Angel's more afraid of Mary Eunice? I'm not sure. Okay. I'm honestly not sure. Um, this is a half-hour show. Yeah. Please remember to give your answer in the form of a question. What is grace? Mm, correct. All right. Yes. All right. For 400. <laughs> All right. I think that's that's pretty much it. I mean, really, this episode was really kind of hard to go through so well quickly. i mean there was a i mean we had a lot of stuff and you know we broke down we gave you guys a lot of feet you know a lot of um possible tips now we know we've seen the face of an alien what the alien looks like please leave us comments on what you think if, if you like the depiction of the alien who we we have not seen for the last few episodes unless like what steven said early on that the whole thing is the alien you know it's all a spaceship and we're you know we're all part of the alien experiment which is okay you know what? Let's run with that for a second. You you said that we're part of this experiment, and and I remember while watching this, I'm a big fan of like Chris Nolan stuff. Okay. And Chris Nolan had he had a he had a student film called Doodlebug, and this bug basically and and it's it correlates to Dominique where everything's in a loop. Everything's in a loop. There are bigger you know. The big baddie was Arden. Well, bigger baddie than Arden is the devil. Well, there's probably even a bigger battle, uh, baddie than the devil. And, it's, and it goes on and on. And it's infinite because that's how the universe is. So I'm wondering if that could be going on there as well. Hmm. I'm telling you, y- y- you made me think this episode, guys. It's crazy. So let us know. Well, I, if we, we got any news and gossip? I don't have any right now. Yeah, all we've got is those little teasers, guys. Please let us know. Send, you know what? Actually, next week, send us your, you know, any gossip, any questions that you might have for sure. We'll answer them, and hopefully we'll have Dave back as well. And I think that's about it, right? So should we move on to predictions? Let's do predictions. All right. I'm down for some predictions. And after. now, your After Buzz TV predictions. All right. What do you got for us, Steven? Because you... you you, you got some good stuff, man. Ugh. What's going to happen? I think you should go first so I can piece together what I think's going on. Okay. I'm going to give you one. I think Lana is going to... In the season... I'm going to the season finale already. Lana's going Lana's to be... She, they said Kip's, Kit's the hero, so I don't know how that's going to figure in, but Lana is Bloody Face's mom, which is Dylan McDermott, and she's going to confront him and kill him or somehow stop him in present day. Okay. I could see that. Yeah, I think that that's definitely going to happen. Um, I think uh, I think that Arden and Eunice are going to team up for something. Pretty- <laughs> wow, that was thanks. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was awesome, Marissa. Dude, Marissa's the law. I think that's you, Phil now. Is that Phil? Who, who we got back there? That is me. Yeah, yeah I thought thanks. it was Phil. Only Phil would were you, do that. Were to you me. were you buzzing me or uh, were you buzzing? Um, Steven. That was Steven. Oh, all right. All right, but yeah. Defend yourself, Steven. Don't let the man put you down. Um, no, it's fine. I think, uh, I think that we're going to see something like that. We're going to see them team up. I think Kit's going to be the next monster. I uh. think they're going to go ahead and turn Kit into a monster, and I think, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Threadson's going to be involved. I think, I think uh, Eunice is going to bring Threadson into Briarcliff as a worker and a dark worker. Hmm. So who's going to... Wow, man, that's just sad, dude. So Kit, the good guy... So there's going to be no good guys. Mm. Except for maybe Sister Jude. Where have all the good guys gone? <laughs> I am not playing along with that one, buddy. No, <laughs> no I don't know. I, I, nobody's good in this. Hey, there is... There is uh, as Shakespeare said, there is no good nor bad, but thinking about it is. 
Yeah, I, there's there's no good left in this show. I, Everyone's I, evil now. I disagree. I disagree. The aliens are the good guys. Possibly. All they want is babies. Hey, you're always scared of what you don't understand. So, with that said, I think that's about it. Why don't you just take us out, Phil? All right, so, um, hey, Stephen, where can they find you, buddy? You can find me at Stephen Lemieux on Twitter. It's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L-E-M-I-E-U-X. Wow. Yeah. And, Phil, where can they find you? And don't say in the back of the booth. Well, they can certainly find me on the Revenge After Show. And I will be co-hosting with JC for Californication. That means you're signed up, buddy. Oh, yeah. See, he, he did this on air, so now I have to do it, which I absolutely love. I love David Coveney. It's fantastic, and there's a, there's a lot of boobs, so I love that show. Hell, yeah. <laughs> but, guys, if oh, also watch me on The X Factor, and if not, you can tweet me at The Everyday Man, and on Pinterest, or Pinterest on Instagram, TV. You can find all of us at AfterBuzzTV. We'll see you next time. Good night, everybody. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 